Gertrude and Gerhardt brought Gary back to his home and handed him over to his parents, who immediately contacted the local doctor. The doctor rushed over to their nest and examined Gary's injuries. You're one lucky little chick, said the doctor as he straightened out Gary's bill and wrapped a big bandage around the nasty lump on Gary's head. Oh, squeaked Gary in reply. Not so tight. His cracked and swollen bill now caused him to slur his words. You should heal up in a week or so, provided, of course, you don't try to dive in the meantime. You might need to miss school tomorrow if you do not feel up to it. But try and rest. You'll be amazed at how better you'll feel after a good night's sleep. Gary nodded his head. If truth be told, he was very relieved. He had heard rumours in the schoolyard that this doctor sent all his patients to hospital, no matter what, even for something as minor as a plucked feather. Then once in the hospital, it was also rumoured that he would chop off his patients' bills and that he would use those bills to pay the fishermen in the blue trawler with the two masts that came into port every Monday after a full moon for some juicy, wriggly eels. Gary decided to let both Gertrude and Gerhard know first thing in the morning that these rumours were indeed false. Well, at least the one about sending all his patients into hospital, no matter what. After thanking and paying the doctor, Gary's dad went in to see how his son was. Gary, what were you thinking of? I wanted to be first to witness, to complete a diet and catch my own supper. A live catch, and not some goodses hanging out by the fishermen. Uh, Gary, you could have killed yourself. What would your mum and I do then? I'm sorry, Jar, but I swear I saw some scratch. But by the time I entered the water, they were gone. Gertrude told me where you attempted your stunt, said his mum, who was standing behind her husband and who listened in on the conversation. The water can get shallow there, depending on the tide. There were no sprats there. What you saw was the edges of the rocks. It wasn't a stunt, and there were sprats. You know, he gets that from you, his stubbornness. <laughs> she told her husband just before she started to cry uncontrollably, a delayed reaction to Gary's accident. I'm sorry, Mum. I won't die there again. He gave his mum a comforting hug. You better not, you silly little gannet. Gary's dad was amazed at his son. Amazed that he attempted a dive and live catch. Usually young gannets did not even think of performing such a dive until they were older. But then again, Gary was not like any other gannet of his age group. Diving is a complicated operation. But Jack, you make it look so easy. That's because I was taught to dive properly when I was young. But my instruction started when I was older than you are now. Will you teach me? Soon? We'll see. But first things first. You need to follow the doctor's orders and get some sleep. One book caught Gary's mum's attention as she gathered up his school satchel from the side of his bed. It was a collection of poems. She was partial to a bit of poetry every now and then. She took the book out and started to read the earmarked page. 
She could not believe her eyes. She stormed out to her husband with the poetry book under her wing. Look at what that teacher is getting my son to learn, she declared as she opened the book on the earmarked page. It's a poem written by a human and and it's about a cat. What is the future of this colony coming to it all? I'm going to give Miss Ganley a piece of my mind. Oh, calm down, dear. It's been a stressful day. Anyway, Gary told me he picked that poem himself. What? Sometimes I wonder what's going on in that head of his. He really needs to cop himself on. Gary put a lot of thought into that selection. He wanted to face his fears. Gary's mum started to cry again. But if he had gotten killed, what would we have done then? As she rushed into her husband's comforting wings. Gary's a bright lad and will have learnt his lesson. But I'll admit, he's one lucky gannet. Lucky that Gertrude and that new fella Gerhardt were there with him. You know what? I'm going to visit Gertrude's and Gerhardt's nests and tell their parents of their good deed and thank them again for rescuing our son. Gary's dad visited Gertrude's nest first and spoke with her parents. He thanked them repeatedly for the brave, kind and friendly actions of their young daughter. He knew certain other youngsters would have flown away and left Gary to his fate. Gertrude was asleep at the time and the decision was taken not to wake her up. He would have to thank her later. He continued to Gerhardt's nest. Gerhardt's parents had to wake him up. Their command of the local language was not great, so they needed Gerhardt to translate what Gary's dad was saying. It was an awkward situation for the bashful Gerhardt, as he communicated multiple thanks for the bravery, kindness and friendship that he displayed earlier in the day. Gerhardt's parents smiled with pride at their son as Gary's dad left their nest. Gary's dad took the long way home. He had a lot of things on his mind. Something Gary had said struck a chord with him. Gary said that he did not want the fishermen's handouts. For the past while now, Gary's dad was appalled at the mad rush to the returning trawlers, especially among the younger folk. Soon enough, no one will want to dive or catch something for themselves, he muttered. How will they possibly survive when the trawlers stay in port? He had arguments about this very point with his drinking buddies. He even made a prediction that he hoped would not come true. He predicted that soon enough, their team, Team Four Cliffs, would win nothing at the extraordinary Gannet Games, the famous egg. He was laughed at. As he approached his home, he finally made up his mind. He would teach Gary how to dive and fish once his son had recovered from his accident. Gary may as well learn from me as from any other instructor, he muttered. After all, I am the former three times Forklifts dive champion, so I should know what I'm talking about. Gary felt well enough to go back to school the following morning. But the day did not start well. As usual, Gregory and his gang had nothing better to do than poke fun at Gary and at the bandage wrapped around his head. Can't afford a proper hat, eh? Always said you were a headbanger. Leave him alone, 
screeched Gertrude as she rushed over to Gary's side. Why do you insist on defending that, that? Gregory struggled to come up with the worst insult he could think of. That hatchling. Because you keep picking on him. Find someone your own size to pick on, you big bully. Ah, come on, Gertrude. Just look at the state of him. If you cannot poke fun at him, then who? Gertrude's feathers began to ruffle further, and she was about to say that you should not judge somebody by their looks when Miss Gangley appeared. Come on now, chicks, into the classroom with you. She flapped her wings gently and ushered all the little gannets in from the playground. Miss Gangley started her roll call as the little gannets giddily took up their positions in the classroom. Gertrude Gannet? Present, miss. Geraldine Gannet? Present, miss. And Miss Gangley continued to read out the list of all the girl gannets. As it turned out, they were all in attendance that morning. She then moved on to the list of the boy gannets. Garvin Gannet? Here, miss. Gregory Gannet? What's up? Gerhard Gannet? Present, Miss Gangley. Gary Gannet? Poor Gary's bill was still on the mend, and his words still sounded strange and funny when he spoke. Present, Miss. Startled, Miss Gangley looked up from her list of names. Be quiet! She squawked as howls of laughter erupted from the class. What happened to you, Gary? Due to her pre-class routine, Miss Gangley had not noticed Gary's bandaged head or sore bill until now. I banged my head and I hurt my bill. I can see that, but how did you bang your head and hurt your bill? I went for my first boy. You what? Asked Miss Gangley. She could not understand what Gary had said. Miss, he said he went for his first dive, said Gertrude. The howls of laughter were quickly replaced by mumbles and mutterings among the little gannets, particularly between Gregory and his mates. He what? asked Miss Gangley. Her eyes widened in disbelief. That's a load of crap, said Gregory from the back of the class. No way did he attempt to dive. He did too, replied Gerhardt. Gertrude and I saw him do it. While you were getting your hand out, Gary tried to catch his own food. That's total crap, said Gregory, who suddenly felt threatened. He was supposed to be the leader of the pack. He was supposed to get to all the Gannet milestones first. Not that little hatchling. Gary, you're too young to be doing that, said Miss Gangley sternly. You could have killed yourself. Yes, miss. That's what my mum and dad said as well. Later that day, Gary's dad collected him from school and walked him back to their nest. How was school today? It was okay, but, but this girl was not impressed with me when she found out how I hurt myself. His dad looked closely at Gary. Your bill is still sore by the sounds of it. Gary just nodded his head as he hurried to keep up. I've been thinking, Gary. I'm going to teach you how to dive. Gary stopped in his tracks. He could not believe his ears. 
His dad smiled as he looked at his excited son who jumped up and down with his wings raised in the air as if he had scored a goal in a football match. Dad, Dad, can I bring Gertrude and Dad has along to the training as well? Yes, they can come along if they get the okay from their parents. I tell them, when will we start?